When I say endurance training, what do you think of? Endless laps on a top rope? Running up hills till you puke? Boulder 4x4s on the juggiest part of the wall? Or the pursuit of not getting pumped? Endurance may mean different things to different athletes, which makes sense because it turns out that there are a lot of flavors, facets, and factors that impact how endurant you are. So strap in, because we're about to teach you the need-to-knows of improving your endurance. You're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. Lauren, I have the best fun fact for you today. Oh, oh, do tell. (laughs) I feel a little, I'm like, are they, be- is it better? I'm like all competitive. I'm like, is it better than my fun facts? Is it better than the woodpecker situation? But do go on. No, I'm excited. I mean, <laughs> woodpecker situation with brain licking. That's kind of. We've had a lot of good fact. fun facts on this podcast, but okay. We really have. Okay. Set the bar high. Yes. This. So sometimes in the evening before bed, I know you're not supposed to do this, but here we go. I scroll on the news and what I'm scrolling for is not the terrible, horrific things happening in the world, which is a lot, a of, lot of the news. Uh, I'm searching for silly BuzzFeed articles. And of course. I came across one, naturally, you know, I came across one that really I was like <laughs> clicking that. The title was, <laughs> I can't believe how many different squirrels look in other countries what yeah they (laughs) in what way elaborate okay so this person who apparently worked at disney world used to watch people gather around grass and take pictures of squirrels and this person says that they believe our squirrels in the u.s are unremarkable and then this (gasps) article goes on to tell our us squirrels about- cause power outages <laughs> do your squirrels do but, that i don't know <laughs> the squirrels that they go on to show pictures of i'll send you this article after but they they had some really crazy looking squirrels so naturally i was like well i'm gonna look up some squirrel information and that is where the rabbit hole of squirrels squirrel, squirrel hole. hole if you go yes squirrel if you will. tree do squirrels burrow they have to i don't know i didn't find that information but josh figure it out (laughs) josh is on it we need to circle back to this important piece of information bury their acorns you're just making that up that's a cartoon they probably do do that they probably but like what was the do you have a species of squirrel i should like look up right now what was the funniest one or what was like the the funniest one because i'm gonna what I'm going to do is kind of rip through some squirrel facts that I didn't know. Okay. Okay. The best one that I saw in here. Let me get to it. It It's a squirrel in uh, China. It's called a palaces squirrel. And it kind of looks like a koala mixed with a squirrel mixed with some other cute little furry creatures. How do um, I spell palaces? P-A-L-L-A-S. Like palace, but not palaces. Yes. I'm looking at pictures. I don't, so far, I'm not convinced these look that different. Okay. There's they also have a fancier one. tail. <laughs> Wait, there's but also, it's a red belly. Yeah, there's also one in Russia that looks really cool. Okay. Um. Anyway... I digress because I want to tell you about some squirrel facts because this is pretty wild. Did you know that there are over, actually, how many species of squirrels would you be willing to bet that there are? Over 50. Correct. 285. Whoa. That's a lot more types of squirrels than I have seen. In my mind, I was like, there's a gray squirrel. That's what they look like. Nope. There's the gray squirrel like, and a brown squirrel <laughs> and a red squirrel. Um, they descended from beavers, which 
Maybe makes sense. Also, okay. they descended from mountain beavers. That's a different fun fact for another day. What the hell is a mountain beaver? Um, <laughs> I'm squinting. Go on. Yes. Uh, and then squirrels are able to descend trees head first because their ankles can rotate 180 degrees and grip the tree bark from the opposite direction. That's gross. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, my God. I'm never going <laughs> to unsee that. <laughs> that's like really cool but also absolutely not absolutely not um kind of menacing i have a lot more facts here that i will happily share with you behind the scenes later but i think we should get into it don't you okay wait hold on <laughs> josh did google for us so to circle oh, back okay. to what we asked our dear producer josh to research on the fly uh I think this is a quote probably from the internet, but burrows provide the ground squirrels a place to retreat, sleep, hibernate, rear their young, and store food. Okay, so squirrels definitely well, do some, like, basement stuff. The Got fact it, it's so. called a ground squirrel. Yeah. Maybe a little obvious. Does their ankles <laughs> rotate like that? Holy shit. That's quite the... Wow. I'm I'm glad that you look at the news at night. <laughs> Sometimes me. I'm not. This kept me <laughs> longer than I would have liked because I was like, what? Poor Ryan was like, go to sleep. You're like <laughs> tapping. I do this shit too. It's like 12.05 and you're like, I learned this dumb fuck thing. And your husband's like, I have to get up in the morning. And I'm like, I run my own business and I can stay up late and do reckless shit and tap on you when I learn a cool thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, sorry. There we Average have it. climber husbands. There we have it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Before we kick things off, um, hi, you're listening to the Average Climber podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm a climbing coach and certified personal trainer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. I'm Caitlin, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist. And we are in no way affiliated with anything related to knowing stuff about animals, um, but we nope. like to talk about it because it's fun. Um, yep. Yes. So today I'm excited because we are going to be talking about something that climbers get wrong a lot and something where I overhear conversations at the gym and I like want to jump in, but I can't because I'm not going to be that guy. But today I get to, this is my podcast. This is our podcast and I get to say what I want. And I'm so excited because today we are talking about endurance but before we get into endurance, I get to read the testimonial of the week. And this is from Caitlin's client, Anne-Marie. So Anne-Marie says, I'm feeling much more confident about the choices that I make. This experience helped me get to a confident, solid point in my sports nutrition far more quickly and easily than I ever could have on my own. Feeling my body respond to nutritional interventions by working even better for me makes me appreciate it that much more. I have permission to feel good about eating the foods that I like, not eating the things that I don't, and finding pragmatic solutions that don't make me feel guilty for not liking kale. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm not going to make you eat kale. That's kind of the way that crumbles. Love so. it. Love it. Thank you, anyway. Anne-Marie. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Okay, Caitlin, well, before we start, what's, what's your relationship to endurance? Because you're a boulderer. So when I say endurance, like, what do you think about? I think about that heinous endurance workout that you made me do at the gym in Santa Fe and I wanted to die. So um, I was hoping you'd be like, I'm a boulder, so I don't need it. So I don't think of it ever. Well, actually, um, I don't. That's the truth. And then when we, when we went to the gym, you're like, yeah, we'll just do, you know, 10 routes like five times. And I was like, Lauren, I, I need to go home. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, our skin felt bad. Oh, yes. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you think of that. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's excellent. Well, where we're at. <laughs> welcome to welcome to Endurance Hell, everyone. <laughs> this is, this is our it. podcast, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about endurance, and Caitlin is describing something that we will get to later, but it Great. is an important facet I can't of wait your endurance experience is feeling a little bit like you want to pass out and like you kind of <laughs> hate it it's definitely part like of endurance training your hands so. are stuck in one position and they're opening without you deciding them to so exactly Lauren can you tell us what our goals are today for our big endurance discussion 
Okay, so our two big goals for today. One, I want to broaden your understanding of endurance so that you can make better choices for your time and for your training. And two, I want to give you some general guidelines for programming endurance training throughout your climbing career. So, so basically, that's what we're going to do today. How not to hate on endurance, maybe as much. Or if you, in some cases, if you are doing it right, it should be like kind of awful. So I will just say that because um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, it's fun. I like being so pumped. I want to vom. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but we got to learn to deal with it. So, yeah, yeah. There's a well, lot to it. I'm excited to I'm excited to dig in. So, uh, yeah, endurance. I'm glad we're actually talking about it because I feel like it's something that maybe a lot of people don't realize they need to train, or if they do know that, maybe it's because they're in more of the endurance facet mm-hmm. of the sport. So exactly. I I find that like with boulders that I climb around, they sort of forget about that part Mm -hmm. of this for me I'm talking about me um (laughs) (laughs) you are not alone um yes (laughs) so I guess this is kind of where I want to start Lauren because as a coach you obviously work with tons and tons of athletes what problems do you run into when discussing endurance with your athletes what have you run into in the past Ooh, okay so a lack of an understanding about how endurance works can lead to um lead to some interesting misunderstandings that I have to kind of clarify as a coach so one it can cause athletes to like jump to conclusions about either needing more endurance or endurance not being important to them um it's kind of funny that you're like boulders are like whatever endurance and I'm like I feel like the boulder problem this is like kind of I don't know classic like if you wanted to stereotype how this would work you'd be probably kind of right so boulders maybe ignore endurance and don't think about it in the way that Mm. I want them to and sport climbers like to overemphasize endurance um, classically um so yeah not understanding endurance can cause you to jump to conclusions it can cause you to focus on the wrong things at the wrong time in your climbing training and then kind of like I just mentioned it can also cause you to like overemphasize endurance and get obsessed with doing like a lot of very easy volume in like disproportionate amounts that is maybe less than beneficial to your overall progression as an athlete so we'll get into the nuances of all of that but those are like the big problems that I see so but the big one being jumping to conclusions and making like wild determinations about what needs to happen so it's a yeah. wild ride over here. <laughs> it in really is. Endurance City. Endurance, so. I feel like, is like the thing where I'm like talking people off a ledge about a lot. <laughs> like, you're like, don't worry, it's fine. And everybody's like, no, it's no, terrible. It's I, I like to jump to conclusions. And I need to jump right to all the conclusions. Yeah, no. Endurance, I would say, is the most um drama inducing of the the adaptations, if I had to rank them. So <laughs> Drama scale, one to ten, endurance. Yeah, endurance. <laughs> endurance causes drama for sure. So uh yeah, that that feels like a big fact. Well, to start us off, can you define endurance more for us? You know, just kind of give us a, a a good visual slash please tell me what it is so I can give myself some backing to why I'm doing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, this is like This is maybe the most, like, if you're like, I can only, I don't know, pay attention to the whole podcast. But if there's any part you're like, really gonna like, take away from this, like, turn your, turn your brain on, turn, stop doing dishes. Listen to me. Okay. You don't know me, Lawrence. Coming <laughs> to conclusions. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Whatever. I guess, like, if you're driving, keep paying attention to your driving, but whatever. So, okay. So, part, a big part of where the endurance confusion comes from in climbing is that there are actually a lot of different types of endurance. In short, endurance is the ability to output energy over a sustained period of time, but there are a few different endurance flavors I want us to be aware of because yeah this is where people people just say like I need more endurance and that's where their understanding stops and this is where I want you to understand more so Um, there you have it yeah this I 
did not know this. So that's <laughs> kind of mind blowing. All right. Please break this down for us further. <laughs> Dope. Okay. So the first one, and I think this is the one that people don't, this is like the most common, like people don't think of this one, but the first one is work capacity. And this is defined as the ability to tolerate a workload and recover from it, AKA the amount of work you can sustain over a certain period of time. So some examples of what like work capacity looks like is, you know, or things to think about. How many attempts can you do on a hard boulder in a session? How many days in a row can you climb hard or can you train hard? How many burns can you give on your sport climbing project? How many pitches can you climb in a day? And so there's kind of a couple. So when you're thinking about increasing your work capacity, there's a couple of different ways to sort of, and so all of these obviously have different periods of time. There's kind of like your session work capacity and then there's your like how many days in a row can we be going? And like also how long can your session be, right? Like if all you do, for example, this is where you can kind of run problems. Like if all you do is 90 minute boulder sessions and then you go outside and you never really get to have longer climbing sessions and you go outside and you try to like boulder hard all day, you might find you're like, oh my God, after an hour and a half, I'm like really cooked and I got to like stop and recover. And yeah, because like you don't try to push it longer than that. Right. So that's kind of where this sort of comes in. So there's two paths to increasing your work capacity. One is making what you're doing harder. um, And two is doing more of what you're doing at like the same sustained level. So kind of with our, I will use our little boulder workout that Caitlin and I talked about. So I think what we were doing is two sets of eight boulders in a circuit. And two I would say sets of sadness and <laughs> crying. <laughs> so, so for that session, I would say we're probably just for ease of conversation. We were probably resting like 60 to 90 seconds between boulders just about. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do a boulder, rest 60 to 90 90 seconds, do a boulder. We do a whole, we do our eight boulders in a row and then we'd rest for 10 minutes and we go again. So you can make, you could build more work capacity in two ways. One, you could make the average difficulty of the boulders harder. So let's say, I don't even remember what you're climbing. Let's say we were only climbing, this is just for whatever, ease of discussing it. We start out, we're only climbing V2s for our 16 boulders. We make it harder. Suddenly we're climbing V3s for all 16 boulders. So we made it harder. So we have more capacity for hard moves. Or we add another round. Like we add another eight boulders. So let's say we keep it at like, we're going to keep it at V2, but we're going to try to do more v2 so those are a couple different sort of ways to look at building Um, your i just want you to know (laughs) that you had us doing v4s to v6s because we're beasts (laughs) i don't know if that (laughs) i was like you're like no it's too easy and i was like lauren this board is 45 degrees what is wrong with you (laughs) <laughs> I'm a sport climber. I love I'm having mean. a lot of <laughs> I'm, <mean. laughs> I'm crazy. Um yeah. So so yeah, that's work capacity. That's one I think people don't think about as explicitly as I wish they would. So I wanted mm, to dig yeah. into that one. That's yeah. a good point. I, I feel like that's definitely something that maybe we kind of think about. Like I, I know there are times when I'll think about like relative to the day, but maybe I don't Mm -hmm. think about it like work capacity per week or, you know, like that's maybe something that I forget about too. Yeah. Like, and places where I would want athletes to really think about this is like, if you're getting ready for like a seven day climbing trip where you want to do like three days on rest day, three days on, like that's when I would maybe advise you to like start trying to climb three days on. Like this is one where there's really no way to cheat it. You kind of got to like put yeah. in the work and do it um, to mm-hmm. build that capacity. But it is really helpful. Like Caitlin, can you ever think of a time where you were like, either you were like, man, I cannot believe I gave this like so many burns or you were like, oh my God, I'm so frustrated that I only have like so and so many burns on this climb before I'm like toasted. I can think of many examples of that. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I feel like on the one hand, there will be instances where I get really, really like tunnel visioned on a climb. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel so excited about it that it's impossible to pull me away and I can give it seemingly endless burns. It's kind of like the amount of room that you have in your 
in your stomach after a really big meal and you're like dessert that sounds great I have plenty of room even though you're super full I feel like that's kind of how that happens sometimes but then there will be other instances where I'll give a climb like three really solid burns and then my performance like absolutely tanks so I don't know that I've ever really paid attention to when one of those is happening more than the other I'm really sad to say that that's not something that I've thought about until right now (laughs) yeah no (laughs) and I mean it's kind of hard to track because like some climbs like some climbs will you know take more out of you like if you're doing like an 120 foot rock climb I would say probably like if you have two good burns on it that's pretty good right like that's pretty solid that's a long ass Mm -hmm. rock climb to go to the chains where you know like for shorter climbs like you might be able depending on how bad they are on the skin and everything but you know those you might even be able to have like three four decent tries like once you build it up and then boulders I feel like I don't know. The floodgates are open on how many tries you can have on a boulder. It seems like sometimes you can, like I was talking to our, mm-hmm. our last guest, Chelsea, and I was like, Chelsea, I don't know like what makes sense as a, like, I was just, cause I you know I just started Nothing. like trying to boulder outside and have a project like this year or whatever. I've never really like really gone in. And I was like, how many tries have you like, she's like anywhere. She's like, sometimes I can just rampage and do like 17. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. But like, but maybe it's not if it's like a short boulder. I don't know. But so my thought is like, yeah, it depends on the climb. It super (laughs) depends. Like my first V7, I rampaged because I saw a small child send it. And I was like, I'm getting used there. (laughs) Uh, because this is my one time to shine kiddo do you need an ice cream after this (laughs) (laughs) but I was like I'm gonna do that and I did it and it worked but I must have given that like 30 burns I'm not joking so no it's good yeah it must just be the you know a lot of things can come together to make that happen but yeah that that's uh very interesting work yeah. capacity. love it yeah work capacity um and just like a quick note before we move on to other things like there are times where it would be good if you like stopped your session before you were totally like wasted like what we're talking about like there's a time and a place to go full fucking wumbo so yeah. you need to like know that <laughs> um so this is not me endorsing like giving 110 percent of every ounce of energy that you have in every single session that's probably not sustainable for you but there is a time and a place for like just going hard af for a very long time so that's work capacity that's a big one but let's move on to our second one that's probably familiar and also popular Caitlin, I have a question to open this one up. Have you ever heard of arc training? Yes, actually. Have you ever done it? Yes, a long time ago, though. This was like baby, baby Caitlin training. I think I got into it then. Yeah. Okay. So if you're, if you haven't read the Rock Climbers Training Manual or if you haven't heard of arc training, it stands for aerobic respiratory capillarization. And basically the idea of arc training is that you, you climb, so you're trying to raise your maximum steady state level of climbing. But essentially what this means that you do is for very long periods of time, like 20 to 40 minutes, minute sets, continuous climbing on the wall, you climb like pretty easy terrain relative to your max. Um, And so when I say low end endurance to anyone that's like a little bit of a training buff um, or aerobic endurance, you're probably going to think of arc training. So this is kind of our like base level. Um, Also, I'll get into my opinions about arc training in a little bit. Um, You seem kind of um, jaded. So (laughs) I I am um, because I think it's boring and there's different ways to build aerobic endurance that are a little bit more high skill. But like, does it work? Sure. Is it just like really long and boring and hard to stick stick to? Also, yes. Also, I have done it. I have done it for multiple training cycles. I have done it. I have done the multiple 45 minute sets like I have done the thing. So I can say that it sucks (laughs) and I do not want to do it again. Um, But so for aerobic endurance is essentially sustained moderate intensity efforts lasting like easy to moderate intensity efforts lasting longer than 60 seconds. So some climbing examples would be sport climbs, multi-pitch climbing, 
um, doing like really, really long boulders where you're on the wall for, you know, like a while. I'm talking like long boulders where there's like a knee bar rest and it's basically a sport climb, you know, like those kind of boulders. Um, so those require aerobic endurance. And that's sort of what we're talking about here. Um, for the most part, doing more is mainly how you improve this, but you also will eventually want to make whatever you're climbing on harder. So my beef with arc training <laughs> mainly Let's hear is it. that. So my beef with it is like one, it does take like a lot of time. And two, typically because you're climbing on such like you to, in order to climb for like 45 minutes straight, which is kind of like the end goal, like to climb continuously for 20 to 45 minutes straight at like a sub maxable level where you're not getting like the goal is to be like 60% pumped. Like you should have a light pump, nothing more, but to climb on that kind of terrain, you have to be climbing stuff. That's like pretty easy. Like you are spending a lot of time, not really building up your skills while being on the wall forever. And what I would prefer you do is do just vault, like do like a little less volume at a slightly high, like at a higher skill level. So that you're actually, you know, the time you're spending climbing is actually improving your climbing skill, which is also critical to improving your endurance. Because if we climb efficiently and we have good skills, we're going to improve our endurance as well. So that's kind of my beef with it. Like, does it work? Sure. And if you have time to do it, like, go for it. But it's not my favorite thing. And I do not typically, except for very special circumstances, I do not, like, program it for my athletes. And I hope hope to God I never need to, like, really do it again. So. (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because I remember when I was starting to train endurance last year for Lander which didn't end up being COVID ruined it COVID COVID (laughs) ruins everything anyway um, (laughs) I I remember asking you about some of the older like exercises and training sessions that I used to have when I was a little baby climber and Mm -hmm you basically were like, we're not doing that. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, also for Lander, Wyoming, which for the most part, like we were, you know, I was like, Caitlin's a boulder. She's going to want to do like the bouldery short sport climbs. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't need to like, like the short projects there. You're going to be on the wall for like, for the most part, like two fucking minutes. No. Why would we be on the wall for 40 fucking minutes when you need to like explode for two minutes? Anyways. But yeah, I was like, no, we're not doing that. That's dumb. So go on. Yeah. I felt like, so because for me early on as a young climber, like that worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I, I also think it was because I had a lot of skill left. Like I had a lot uh, of yeah. room to grow. Whereas like just time on the wall was going to make you a better climber. And guess yes. what? That gave you a shit ton of time on the wall. Absolutely. Exactly. I did it when I was relatively new to climbing too. And I think it made me a lot better climber because I got more efficient, mm. but also I was like in the new phase of climbing where like you could pretty much do right. fucking anything and climb more and it's probably going to work. Yeah. So yeah. So like, like it I can think, totally work. For yeah. Sure. Like I think I have it in my brain that it worked so well and I had fun because it worked so well at, but you know, if I returned to that now, I might be more disappointed. I'm not sure, but yeah, I definitely feel like that was good and helpful initially, but you know, it's, it's probably not going to be something that I return back to at least not for a long time. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And like, yeah, it has a place, but also for a lot of like people that are newer to training or like newer ish to climbing. If I was like, I need you to just be on the wall climbing really boring shit for 45 minutes straight. They'd be like, no coach. That's awful. And I'd <laughs> be like, you you're right. Just kidding. April fools. <laughs> like we're oh not doing God. that. But, like, uh, can you imagine if I was like, yeah, you're going to be on the wall for 45 minutes straight on an auto belay. And there's also like three auto belays in your gym in Santa Fe. And you'd be like, I'm mm. going to get so bored of these rock climbs. I'm going to freak out. Okay. Well, that's fair. But when I was doing <laughs> more arc training, I was training with one of my best friends and we went hard on the training and that's like all we did together every day so it was I think maybe more enjoyable than just three auto blaze because yeah our gym <laughs> sucks some yeah. really big chunks so, again I am not saying that arc training does not work it literally does work I am saying that there are perhaps 
better, more fun, and easier to adhere to ways of endurance training. So, so that's our aerobic endurance. And I feel like aerobic endurance. So this is, this is where like some sport climbers really get caught up. They're like, if I can just build enough aerobic endurance, I will just never get pumped again. Like, and I won't fall because I'm not pumped. And I'm like, no, no wrong you will still get pumped you might get like pumped on harder terrain sure but also there's a lot more to becoming a better rock climber that doesn't involve just like climbing so much volume that you never get pumped and i'm not saying that there isn't like a time and a place to climb a lot of volume but there's a way to go about it and we'll kind of get into that but that's that's aerobic endurance um and then lastly i want to talk about anaerobic alactic um so that's the energy system correlated with this type of endurance um or our strength or i think most climbers call this power endurance right and it's that feeling of being pumped it's that feeling of being at a crux it's that doing a long boulder and these the anaerobic alactic system is going to be the type of climbing or like the portion of your climbing where you're going like doing a really hard effort that lasts from 10 seconds to 60 seconds. So this is, this is like, you're like eight or nine out of 10 power output. And you're trying to hold that as like long as possible. Whereas, you know, your aerobic endurance is more like your five or six out of 10 output, five, six, seven out of 10 output. And you're holding that as long as possible. And obviously easier is easier to, easier to sustain. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of that like power endurance. And this is what climbers are really addicted to, right? Because climbers love to feel worked. They like to get pumped. They like to get destroyed. Um, Caitlin, what's your relationship with power endurance? Uh, yeah, well, at least uh, maybe I'm just speaking for, no, there's a lot of rock climbers, boulders included, that like to just like leave the gym feeling like wrecked from power endurance. Like they just want to do power endurance. So Hmm. Maybe that's like, okay, let me describe my favorite gym day. This is like, something <laughs> I Caitlin's don't... like, I don't want that. <laughs> I like, I feel like a really good gym day is so rare for me now because we live pretty far from the good gyms. And I mean, we have a wonderful home gym, but it's at 45 degrees. So I basically climb four things and I'm like, wow, what a good session. Time to eat, you know? So <laughs> yeah, but, warming up on your board is definitely gnar. Uh, yes. Um, it's terrible. But I would say my favorite types of sessions are when I just go ham on all the climbs. Like I'm, mm-hmm. by the time I leave, I've had so much fun because I've tried a bunch of different boulders. I've had fun I've gone back and sort of mini projected some mm-hmm. and by the time I leave I'm like wow that was a really good session uh would you consider that power endurance um so if it's pa- so power endurance is kind of characterized so I would consider what you're talking about where you're doing like a few different mini projects and then probably like resting substantially in between those projects you'd like to think that. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> well I still think the goal is like to send something hard right yeah I I feel like it's mostly me just going around this like huge boulder and mm-hmm. just like doing every single thing I can and then coming back to the ones I really liked and trying to send it for real right so a power endurance session is gonna look more like repeating stuff that you like definitely can do when you're not tired but trying Mm. to do it while you are fatigued so you're gonna like give this like hard hard effort that's maybe like 10 or that's like you know you're probably gonna give a hard effort that's anywhere from like 30 seconds to 90 seconds long rest like a little bit and then go do that again so you know the classic like boulder four by four where you do like four hard boulders in a row the, you know, things like that where you're giving like a pretty tough effort and then mm-hmm. resting and maybe your rest is a little bit limited. So what you're describing where you're kind of like, I'm mini projecting a lot of things. I may be not resting that much, but I am like resting and trying to send hard things. That's more of like a work capacity type mm-hmm. day, I would say. Okay. Yeah, that's more of me having fun and ignoring power endurance. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Right, right. But like, let's say, you know, there's a boulder that's like kind of a longer boulder that you're doing that maybe Mm -hmm. takes you like 60 seconds on the wall and you like do it and then you come down and rest for 30 seconds and you like go up and do it again. That would be power endurance because you're trying to extend the amount of time that you can do something pretty hard. Okay. 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. Yeah. So then, so the reason climbers, especially sport climbers, like love to chase power endurance is because they're like, well, we'll get into that. But because they're like, well, I, I want it all. I keep falling off this one part. And if I had more power endurance, like my power quite literally would endure and I wouldn't fall off this move. Or like if I had more power endurance, I wouldn't get pumped and then I wouldn't fall and like yada yada. And really in reality, like what's working together on these like singular efforts is like your aerobic endurance and your power endurance and also your like maximal strength and power are working together simultaneously to help you get up the boulder or route. But that's why, so hopefully... I think we'll we'll take it to a break here pretty soon, but like let that marinate because those are like the three big ideas of endurance that I want you to understand. So when you say I need more endurance, you're gonna have to be a lot more specific, right? So just to recap that, we've got work capacity, we've got aerobic endurance, and we have our anaerobic lactic system or our strength or power endurance. So there you have it. All right, Caitlin, shall we take it to a break? I think we should. If you're a climber, you're basically a superhero. I mean, you're walking up walls. Your fingers can hoist your body up on tiny edges. You're getting upside down. You're swinging through the sky. And what do superheroes need most of all? Capes? No. A cool car? No. An exceptionally long and drawn out storyline in which their likeness and brand is repurposed over and over again for the monetary gain of large corporations? Okay, also no. What they really need is a theme song. But your theme song has to fit you, right? It has to make sense. So to help you find your theme song and learn a little bit about the way you personally train for climbing, I made you a quiz. So if you're ready to find your theme song, head on over to the show notes and take the quiz right now. And we're back. And we are back. I learned a lot. I marinated, <laughs> gonna keep marinating. Perfect. Uh, okay, so we just kind of talked about like the, I just laid some groundwork on the like, you know, how our body works, like to be endurant and how, you know, kind of the more like solid training, physical act adaptation side of things. But endurance, as we all know, especially in a sport as complicated and, you know, interesting as climbing, um, a pre- like running runners amazing but y'all have you know if you're a marathon runner your life's a little simpler than ours i'm you sorry run to forward say. that's it <laughs> right like you know like you totally have skills there's running form like all these things but climbing we have so many different positions that we're in we have so many so many factors that can kind of influence what we're doing and also with running you generally can like be like i'm gonna largely focus on my aerobic energy system that's the most important one and the other stuff is important too but not nearly as important as this and in climbing we kind of have to like have it all in some regards and we also need to have reasonably high levels of all of it to achieve our hardest things which is why climbing is so cool because it is definitely a complex skill sport so endurance is complicated in the same way (laughs) it sure is all of us climbers very complex love it uh (laughs) could you could you tell us about what these factors are that contribute to our endurance just on this broader level that you talked about sure so obviously we have kind of just like the conditioning of our energy systems like we just talked about so just like general conditioning there um there's also our skills and technique play a gigantic role in our endurance right so examples include gripping the rock as loosely as possible you know like how loose can we be grabbing things using the appropriate amount of body tension are we like eyes closed everything flexed on every single move because we probably don't need to be doing that like how can we kind of apply the minimum effective dose of force and tension to our movements so that we can keep be as endurant as possible and stay on as long as possible right uh there's also of course like efficiency of movement and of beta you know like how did we set up our beta so that we're doing the most efficient path to the top like path of least resistance how much are we readjusting our hands and feet needlessly are we memorizing our moves or do we not know what we're doing and we're just going like oh fuck i gotta make the next move or oh fuck i forget the crux like it's obviously going to be a little bit faster if you're like i know what i'm doing and we're executing and there's not like thought going on and obviously if you're on sighting that's a little bit of a different story right but you know all these things um you know how well you're 
you know, how well you're good at like finding a rest position, how many different ways you're able to rest on a route. There's a lot of skills involved in keeping as much juice as you possibly can throughout a rock climb. Caitlin, does any of that like jump out at you or do you have any follow-up questions to that? <laughs> no, I, I feel like that is totally true. Like having these skills and techniques in your tool chest is mm-hmm. such a great way to leverage being more endurant I feel because like remember when we were in Bishop and we watched our friend Kat on uh what was that crazy like Morpho V4 oh is it Keytron yes yes that one oh yes (laughs) yes yeah that she she literally was like shaking out with the knee bar and was just chilling and all the boulders around her were like what is she doing but in actuality it was so smart to use that skill and that technique that she has from her sport climbing in this climb because it was a really long route I felt like that was the like the most memorable (laughs) use of what you're talking about (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Like there's so many, um, just to give another example of a crazy rest, uh, Carly, who was one of our last guests on the podcast. I don't know if we talked about this before, but it was an excellent rest position. So she is queen of queen of rest positions. But in this one climb, uh, we were climbing in Lander up at Fossil Hill and it's a 12A called Hangfire. And there's a roof in it. So it's kind of like you climb up this sort of like straight vertical face. It's really cool. And then there's a big old roof and that's the crux. And you get to, you do the vertical face and you're like already pumped and yada yada. Carly somehow finds a way to create a no hands rest by pressing down on her feet and pressing her head into the roof of the rock climb. And oh I specifically remember her putting like a really fucking high bun on her head so that she could like, she was like, I think she was on the onsite. I, no, no, no. She did it in like three tries or something because she was coming back from an injury. Carly's a beast. 12A is like a warm up for her. Um, But anyways, so she like gets a no hands in this roof by doing, we just called it a head bar, but it was bonkers. But anyways, yeah, like that's totally a thing. And Sounds I would like not Carly. That, Right. Not that boulders don't need to like figure out rest because there's some long ass boulders and it's nice to be able to like take some kind of creative rest in the middle of a boulder. But sport climbers, especially like we got to know how to rest. We got to know how to recover on routes and we got to know how to like dial in a rest position to use it to our advantage throughout a climb. But even rests aside, I feel like when I started working on the no readjusting, you have an Mm -hmm. exercise in there. Um, that one touch, one of my favorites. uh, (laughs) Yeah. That actually felt really like change. I don't want to say like climbing changing life changing. It's such a like easy thing. Like it's really simple. I feel like it's very elegant in its simplicity. Yeah. But it, it helps so much. And when I was able to transfer that even to boulders, I felt like, I had mm-hmm. more capacity to push that much harder. I wasn't as gassed. I could give it more burns. So I feel like having these in my tool chest has just been a huge, huge benefit to my climbing. Yeah, absolutely. And then another one I'll mention too, just on the skill side of things, is like having a strong core so that you can transfer more weight to your feet is a big one too. Um, And that Lauren, honestly... <laughs> do you need abs to have a strong core? <laughs> Well, do they need to be visible or do you need to just like six pack cheese grater core in order? No. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. No, no. That's like, I mean, I'm sure you can talk about it, but like, that's just genetic. Like if your abs show easily or not, plenty of people will kick your ass and you've never been able to see an ab on them. So, but they're there. Doing stuff. They're there. That's, you know, part of how you stand up straight or sit up straight. (laughs) That's uh, really involved. So, yep, for sure. So those are obviously like your climbing skills and ability are massive um, in your endurance development. Um, Another thing that I want to bring up is your autonomic function. Um, And this is just the part of our nervous system that controls breathing, our heart rate. in, In a lot of ways, like we can't necessarily control it but we can influence it. And this is where I'm going to bring up fear management. So you need to learn to stay calm and breathe while you are climbing because being scared and having shallow breathing and having a racing heart will pump you out so fucking fast. 
it's like this horrible it's I call it like it's like a vicious cycle it's like I'm pumped and it feels bad and I feel like I can't hang on any longer and then you get more scared and and then you're breathing gets rapid and your heart beats faster and then you get even more pumped and it's this like vicious cycle um so obviously learning to manage fear is a whole thing go listen to our episode with carly where we talk about that but learning to like keep breathing is so critical and it's not just like a stay calm and focused thing but like yeah getting that in check will absolutely help Um, you hang on longer so caitlin sport climbing a novel is what you just described (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) yes so that's that's a big one um, talked about ability to rest and recover on the climb. That's huge. Um, also, like as you kind of move up in the grades on climbs, like something to note is that as the climbs get harder, the rests will get more marginal, right? So, you know, get, learning to recover on smaller, worse, less optimal things is critical too. Um, another thing I want to mention is your general cardiovascular fitness. Um, so for you know, if you have a an aerobic energy system that's generally well conditioned, that will help you in climbing to some degree. Um, Caitlin, do you have any questions about this? Because this is like kind of an age old question debate situation. <laughs> I guess <laughs> just plain and simply doesn't mean that you do need to do cardio in order to help with your climbing. Like, I think this is something that I've talked to you about. Mm -hmm. I know that you've, you know, we've had conversations about this. I've even had people ask me that and I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is outside of my arena and scope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So this is kind of a toughie. And to my knowledge, I don't have a study that shows like climbers participated in running. (laughs) And they like got more endurance because of it. Right. But um, I should link to, I wrote like a really long blog series about the impacts of running on climbing. So I should probably like link to this because I definitely did it in depth like a few years back. Um, But like, I'm going to say yes and no. Like if you don't have decent baseline cardiovascular fitness, um, like, you know, if going on like a short hike makes you really tired Or if like going for, you know, if the idea of like running for more than five minutes, if you're like, (gasps) like there's probably some general conditioning that you could do to like get that up a little bit. Um, And also if you are going to climb outside, you're probably going to want to be able to like take a hike without being totally gassed, Um, like, you know, hike with some equipment, you know. (laughs) So like, yes and no. Or if you're going to like go on a climbing trip to a higher elevation, like it's probably good to have some general cardiovascular conditioning. But I want to present this idea of general versus specific endurance. So I did, I, oh gosh, I want to say I looked into this in my little, uh, in my little deep dive of blog posts. I will again po- post this, but I am remembering a study where they kind of studied like, okay, because so for example, with triathlons, right? Like you're doing, you're doing all these different activities. You're running, you're biking, you're swimming. So, but there's general and specific endurance to all of these right because when you're running a triathlon you're not like oh well I just need really good cardio and I'll be good at everything so I'll just train Mm -hmm. on a bike the whole time because I like the bike like no that is not how that's gonna work that is not how any triathlete trains like absolutely not triathlete trains they're running they're biking and they're swimming and that is because with all of these there is specific endurance to all of them so for my climbers I would rather have you climbing to build your endurance than running, right? Like if you have limited time to train, you are going to get so much more return on investment for actually climbing. And that's because of that skill component that we just talked about. That's because if you're actually on the wall, you're going to build the skills of climbing. You're going to learn to be more efficient. You're going to learn to manage fear. And you're going to do that so much better with actually going climbing versus running. Like you don't have to learn to manage fear if you're running unless like well, actually, no. Le- if you're getting chased by like a cougar, um, different story. If you're yeah. getting chased by a cougar, lean into the fear, acknowledge the fear, be motivated by it, get the fuck away from the. Cougar. Yeah, well, actually, Keep I don't know running. what you're supposed to do. Um, I should know that because there are actual cougars where I live. Um, I'm gonna die. It's fine. <laughs> but you don't like, run, right? No, so no. But you like don't actually. You do not turn your back on a cougar. I know this. You like back away slowly. Get the fuck away from her kids. Look and, bigger. Like, <laughs> look bigger 
maybe yeah. make some noise. I should really look into this because I am don't definitely cry like hysterically cry. like I would. <laughs> Josh has lived in Salt Lake for a lot longer than I am, so he's currently typing and probably telling me, don't listen to this podcast for survival advice. Do I look like I'd survive anything? Incredible. So anyways, but again, so I just want to call that out like, if you're trying to get better at rock climbing, you want to spend more time building your climbing skills and building specific climbing endurance versus, you know, doing like more unskilled cardio. I think that's probably pretty obvious, but it, it's worth being said. And again, I'll link to my like big ass deep dive on running for climbing. In wow. Your mid- whole ass can of worms. <laughs> your Midwesterner just came out so hard. Uh, it's a whole ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it's like when I get nervous like I can already like hear people yelling at me like I don't know why this is such a like hot debate people get so fucking mad about it and I'm like eh, don't yell at me it's like don't a nuanced discussion um, well but let me yeah. <laughs> let me ask you like a, a painted picture question mm, yes so let's say someone is trying to work on their endurance for a project right yeah like you were just talking about and mm-hmm. they're really struggling to send how would you help them identify what kind of endurance they need to mm. work on? Yes, this is a great question. Um, so it's kind of like, it's sort of like a flow chart I will talk you through. So first of all, if you cannot do all the moves on your project, probably like endurance is not your problem. Like if you literally cannot do all the moves um, and not just like I did it once, it's like, no, there's literally like a move or multiple moves that I cannot do and I have not been able to do over multiple sessions. Generally, the gap there that I would first want you to address would be like your strength. Well, and this is, okay, let me just put a caveat on this discussion. There are things with your tactics and with your beta and with your like mental game that maybe apply here. But for the sake of endurance, let's just say we're only talking about this from an endurance perspective, because this is not me telling you that if you can't do one move on your project, you should give up and go hangboard for eight weeks. No, there's a lot of things you can do before we jump to that conclusion, but we're going to keep it simple. Um, So let's say you apply all the tactics, you do all the smart things and it's still not working and you cannot do the moves and you've like tried everything this is a matter of you need the absolute strength and power to be able to do all the individual moves, right? So that's the first thing. Um, If they can do all the moves, but they're having trouble putting it all together, it's probably their, it's probably power endurance that we want to work on, right? Because it's like, if you can do it, but you, your oomph doesn't last you long enough to make it through the whole climb, then we need to work on power endurance. (laughs) And lastly, The big thing here is if you're like, man, I'm getting so close, but after like two tries or after like one try or whatever feels like not enough tries, honestly, and kind of like vibe check that with other people working on your climb, like talk to someone who's working on it. If it's like a popular rock climb, be like, how many people, how many times can you actually go up this and have good tries? And then when does it stop working? Like, I'll totally have these discussions because it's like, what do we need? So if you're like, I'm close but I only can get like not enough good tries and then I'm shot for the day, then you need more work capacity because you want to have as many tries as possible to send. Right. So yeah, that's my, a lot of sense. Yeah. I feel like this is your next big quiz in the making. (laughs) Yes. Why (laughs) can't I send my project? Am I weak? Do I have no power (laughs) endurance or do I have no work capacity? It'll be really (laughs) nice. All these grouchy people not sending will just be like taking this quiz. (laughs) They'll be so happy. (laughs) I love it. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Nice. Well, so I guess to take it a step further, what general progression over a 12 week training cycle, then would you advise climbers to take? Like, how would you transfer that into multiple blocks of training? Totally. Okay. So my general progression that I would give people is like, start your 12 weeks by building work capacity for doing a lot of hard moves in a session. So that's probably going to look like doing some I would say generally I like to do this in the bouldering area just because it's easier to get more hard moves in but that's going to look like doing sessions where your goal is 
as much hard volume as you can muster. Um, then as you kind of get further in to your training, that's when you're going to start building like more specific things to what you need. Um, so another thing I want to note here is that we've talked about adaptation persistence on this podcast before, but I want to review it. So adaptation persistence is this idea that some adaptations are really easy to build, but they're also easy to lose. Other adaptations are hard to build and hard to lose. So we kind of have this spectrum, right? So on the hard to gain but hard to lose side of things, we have strength. So strength takes a really long time to build, but once you have it, it's going to stick around pretty persistently, even if you're not training it. On the In the middle of the spectrum-ish, um, we have power. So power is kind of like middle of the road sort of deal. And then we have endurance, which is easy to gain, but also easy to lose. So that's why if you start you know, if you haven't been on ropes in a while and you go like start sport climbing the first time you go back, you're like, oh my God, I'm wrecked. Um, but then like two or three sessions later, you're like, wow, I almost feel normal again. That's because you can kind of like build up this endurance pretty fast. So whether you're a boulder or a sport climber, as you get closer to whatever your objective may be, whether that's like outdoor climbing or a comp or what have you, that's when you're going to start doing endurance that's more specific to what you need. So we kind of go from like work capacity over towards, okay, let's build up whatever aerobic endurance or power endurance um, that we specifically need, or let's build up the specific, you know, I need to be able to climb three days on objective. So you kind of go from let's build the capacity to do a lot of whatever training it is we want to do, and then get our endurance dialed in and specific um, sort of in like the latter, maybe four to eight weeks of your training block. So that's a very I like broad that. version of how you might look at your endurance progression. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like kind of getting the the harder side of that spectrum, not out of the way, but more mm -hmm. in the works first, and then focusing yeah. on what's a little bit easier to adapt to. That makes a whole lot of sense. I feel like that maybe... I don't know if like that's something that you've come across that people are surprised by, but that wouldn't feel all that obvious to me. I just know that I prefer to get the hard, terrible thing out of the way first. <laughs> yeah. And with endurance training, it's kind of like we start out with like, you're going to do a lot of hard boulders in a session. And then towards the end, we get to, you're going to be doing power endurance where you barely get to rest and you feel really powered down, pumped, exhausted, whatever. So it's just kind of like changing the flavors of what kind of, session mm, you're doing yeah. but like yeah endurance training is hard I would say for my athletes like endurance training is like the hardest thing to motivate for um because it does just require a shit ton of output to really do it um and I think that's that's one thing Caitlin I actually have a question for you um because I know we talk about this a lot what is if you were you know let's say an athlete's like going in the gym for like maybe a session that's going to be pretty high volume um and going to take them like 90 minutes to two hours. Is there like a key tip you would have for them to get more out of that session from a nutrition perspective? Um, eat something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say going in fueled, fueling during, if you said an hour. Uh, it's going to be like 90 minutes to two hours, maybe even longer okay. than that. Fuel, like I said, before, during, and after, I think is going nice. to help you not only, you know, go in energized, mm -hmm. sustain your energy throughout, yeah. and then recover and support adaptations. Like, those are kind of the, the holy I think three. The, I would say the big one, at least in my experience, this is what always surprises people. I always, like, write this in people's training plans. I'm like, LOL, you'll probably want a fucking snack for this one. But, like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Like, if you look in my climbing bag, I have, like, a chaotic amount of fruit leathers so that when I'm just, like, oh, my God, same. Yeah. I just, like, they're everywhere. They're, like, stashed in my, like, ski pants pockets. I, like, I'm, like, oh, I need to put more in here. And I, like, open up my ski pants pocket. And I'm, like, there's eight fruit leathers in here already. There's, like, a cemetery of gummy bears at the bottom of mine. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. 
R.I.P. <laughs> jelly bear. Yeah. So like just have those like easy carby snacks because you do not want to be in the middle of an endurance session getting hungry because you know it's really easy to nope. do when you're hungry. Be like, yeah, that last set of six, I'm actually gonna leave now. I don't care. I want food. Yeah. I'm so then, hungry. So Yeah. And then it becomes this like self-deprecating moment where you're like, God, I suck. Why do I do this? And it's like, well, again you you were trying to do point b without point a you're going in circles if you're doing b to b to b you Mm -hmm. need a to b (laughs) yeah yep exactly well cool i think that about that about wraps us up i would say this was really interesting i feel like i always learn something about something i should already know after listening to you so much but here we are i'm like oh wow this podcast is for me great love it no it's okay it's always it's always good to review i learn things when we talk about stuff that we talk about all the time too so that's great that's the way it goes around it goes around comes around indeed amazing okay well as always to our listeners thank you so much for all the ratings and reviews we appreciate you if you have a moment just take like a second of your time and go hit the review button on apple podcasts on spotify whatever it helps us out a ton um also i want to remind you that we do have patreon um it does take money to keep this show let's keep this shebang up and running and we appreciate you so we'll have a link to our patreon in the show notes um you can think of it as buying us a case of spindrift a month also it's funny because we made our patreon page a while ago and we were like eight dollars for a case of spindrift that works and now inflation has happened um and it's definitely more than that now a lot of times. Yeah, we need a so, bigger budget for Spindrift. Yeah, I know. I'm crushing Spindrifts all the time. Um, and that's that's about it. I What else do we have to tell them about? Um, well, what are you I can't going think on, anything. anything? Uh Oh, okay. I'll tell them about this. So when this will be coming out will be announced uh, later. But I am excited to say that we are currently... Uh, my assistant and I are currently in the works of converting all of the uh, Crush It and Force Over Time programs that are like downloadable PDFs at this point. We are converting them to an app. Um, and I'm excited about this because it's going to be, I think, a lot more user friendly. And also, it's coming to you at a lower price point. So I'm really excited to get those out into the open. We are currently working on them and they should be, I'm going to say, May. If they aren't to you by the end of May, something has gone horribly wrong. (laughs) So stay tuned for more details on those, but I'm so excited to get these programs going. Um, And until then, make sure to make sure to take the quiz because it's fun and find out what your climbing theme song is and get some cool personalized uh, based on your quiz result information about what might be missing in your climbing training. So that's a great way to do it we'll have links to all that in the, the show OG notes. quiz um yes, i just the want quiz. y'all to know that uh producer josh just quoted in sync it's um, gonna be may yeah that's <laughs> when you're gonna get the plans <laughs> wow there's your content creation right there lauren yep. got a credit josh yep. sick <laughs> sick perfect what about you caitlin <laughs> Uh, well, I am currently opening up my summer one-on-one client spots, Ooh. and I've been actually full since January, so these spots are a hot command, so if you're yeah. really stoked yeah, yeah. to have energy and be able to understand how to fuel, know what's going to work best for you, or really if you're just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and nutrition seems like a missing link for you let's chat and i'd love to work with you yeah sick um another okay one more thing i'm gonna shout out i'm gonna shout out crux power chalk they sent me some chalk i'm excited to try it um and it seems like yeah i got some well that's good i'll tell them about you too but yeah so thanks crux power (laughs) for the chalk that was really nice y'all um and they gave me a discount that i can give to my athletes so i'm i'm excited thank you thank you crux power um they have no affiliation with this podcast i just thought it was nice that they sent me chalk so i am talking about it because i thought that was kind um if anyone else would like to send me free things (laughs) that are good uh Please do. Was it I, Kim Kardashian just got a bunch of Oreos? Deli- I'm not Kim Kardashian, but like I like Oreos. I can gluten free. I kind. can take 
a whole lifetime supply of Oreos and it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah, I will talk um, about gluten-free Oreos on here all the time. S- I'll talk about over. double stuffed. Um, so I, I also really, I take payment in the form of Annie's mac and cheese. I'm kidding, that's a lie. Don't pay me in that, but you can send it to me because- Yeah, you, and not the vegan kind. No, Sorry, oh my vegans. God. Yeah, but I want real we, cheese in my mac and cheese. We bought mac and cheese. <laughs> I think it was Bonza. And it said normal white cheddar on the package. And the inside cheese pack was the vegan pack. We were straight up swindled. It was a lie. Wow. Yeah. We were like, we can't use this. And then we had to like improvise. It was crazy. Well, anyways. Anyways. Thank you for listening. Hope you. Yeah. Thanks for enduring <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> Started with squirrels. Ended here. All right. Ended here. Yep. We're well. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Okay. okay. Amazing. Well, <laughs> until next time, listeners, keep, keep it, it average. average. I Damn fucked it. up on purpose. <laughs>We hope you feel empowered to get stronger in 2023. Now I'll close this out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Are you excited to take a better approach to your endurance training? If you enjoyed this episode, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Inside of Lauren's self-guided training plans, you'll have all the endurance resources you need. If you didn't already know, Lauren is in the process of upgrading her bouldering and sport climbing programs but she needs your help to make them as useful for you as possible. So go fill out her quick two minute survey for a chance to win a free training plan. The link is in the show notes. If you're ready to have a better hold on your own nutrition needs, I've got your back. Whether you're looking for some helpful resources to take your nutrition to the next level right now, or you want more support for your health and performance, I have something that's right for you. I have a handful of summer spots left and you can snag one by heading to the link in our show notes and completing the application. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at the Average Climber podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Josh Hapley. The music for this episode was created and produced by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber podcast is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugToneAudio.com to learn more about the other amazing shows on this network.